4: Okay, let's see how many calls we can get. Uh, I left some names out when I went through some players, and I just went and pulled up the roster. Obviously, the offensive line of the Giants. Andrew Thomas is an all-pro. He's got to hold it down, and he will. Nick Gates is a tough guy. Great story for them. Comeback player of the year in his own right. He's got to try and bully and bring that attitude. Uh, John Feliciano, Evan Neal, I know everybody's talking about, but I just don't think it's going to be a game where you're looking at Evan Neal like he's the problem while they're attacking him. Of course, they're going to try to. They're going to try and bring it early. But um, Daniel Bellinger, I've already bet on him uh, as an anytime touchdown prop. I think he'll be open. I think they'll just kind of lose him. And uh, also on the defensive side of the ball, Julian Love, Can't be guessing. Can't be trying to intercept the ball and jump and try and make a pick and give up a touchdown. You got to be sure. You got to be sure. And uh, they got to go pick off the ball. They got to take the ball. I would love to see some turnovers, some takeaways. That can change the game. But they got to hit. They got to tackle, strip the ball. They got to pick the ball when uh, Jalen Hurts gives them an opportunity to. Jalen Hurts, he can throw the ball, but he's not the crisp passer that like he's I don't know for an MVP he's not the best passer in the league he would be MVP because of the team he's on all the weapons he has being able to run the ball but like there's sometimes he throws a ball and uh it's not it's not there he's gotten better right If, if we remember in college at Alabama when Alabama beat Georgia Devontae Smith was on that team as well with Jalen Hurts and they had to take Jalen Hurts out of the game late because they felt like Tua gave him a better chance to throw the ball down the field And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has come a long way. He's a great story and all that. But, man, it's all on him. I think this game comes down to Daniel Jones, obviously, but I think this game comes down to uh, Saquon Barkley on the Giants' side. He's got to be the guy. And uh, Jalen Hurts on the Eagles' side. He's got to be the guy. And if he's hurt a little bit or if he's, um, what's the word, rusty, if he's a little rusty because he's only played one NFL game in the last month, advantage Giants. Okay, I said enough. Let's get to the phones. Ray is in Sheridan, New York on the fan. Go for it, Ray. Hello. And you're dropped. Next call. Let's go to Rob in Irvington, New York. Ray, call us back if you uh, are listening. Rob, you're on.
5: Hey, Keith. Thank you very much for taking my call, and thanks to your producer as well. No problem. Uh, I really, I really appreciate what you said, like thirty or forty minutes ago, about uh, welcoming the uh, the casual fan, the one who doesn't have necessarily the stats and the names at his uh, fingertips. Yeah. I've been uh, a fan of the Giants for a long time, although to varying degrees. I was all in during the '80s and Phil Sims' years, and then of course followed Eli and the explosive rise of uh, OBJ and, and now Saquon Barkley. Um, I gave up on cable like a year ago, so I haven't been following games too closely. Mm-hmm. I've been following soccer more, believe it yeah. or not. But um, so now I'm wondering. I'd, I'd love your opinion on uh, whether what's going on now with the full sales billowed behind Giants fans, whether this is kind of that 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 season magic that fans are feeling. Or is this a team that was really built and is really designed, offense, defense, special teams, um, to succeed? Could we have predicted what they're, what they're doing now?
4: Um, I feel a few ways, and thank you for these questions, and thank you for this call. Let's go back to the like casual fan thing. Think about this, right? The, the, the Giants have a buzz again. But over the last few years, it was a struggle. It, it wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to waste your time watching them lose. You didn't have a right. season that you could get excited about Sunday. Sunday was filled with, you know, misery and disappointment. But when they win like this, someone like yourself or anyone listening that might not have been as tuned in, now you're looking for it. Now you're like, okay, they're they're winning. I want to be a part of that. That's why I say I, I never look at someone That, uh, you know, is a casual fan or, or isn't as, you know, diehard or know all the names and stats. Like, they don't belong in the conversation. Of course you do. Call up, listen, go online. There's a bunch of different things. And right now, yes, this Giants team, I think they're built for success long term because of the GM, because of the head coach, pairing them together. But no one predicted this. I heard Brandon Jacobs say that he predicted them winning 12 games this year. They didn't. Um, but I understand he's a former player, and he's you know he's got confidence in his team. He wants them to get back. No one saw them uh, winning. I think the number of games that they won this year, getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game. But the reason I feel like they're built for success is because they did all of this with less. They did all of this with a roster that nobody was admiring. They did all of this coming out of what Dave Gettleman did to set the organization back a couple years, right? With the Giants, you always hear about they're in cap hell with the salary cap and where they have money tied into. You always hear Kenny Galladay and the contract that he signed. And with Brian Dable and Joe Shane and the pedigree and what they did in Buffalo, Giants fans have to be excited about what they're going to do with their draft picks coming up, what they're going to do when they actually can put their guys in the room that they scout and that they see in college, that they want, that they handpick, and the free agents that they talk to and that they – bring in and I think you know down the line they're gonna have sustained success because they have the right voices they have the right coaches I don't think this is a flash in the pan I think that they are ahead of schedule alright well thank you very much thanks for the call Rob and yeah for anyone listening like this, the buzz in this city around this team no one expected and of course you're hopeful as a fan but like don't you know Don't knock a fan that tucked their Giants gear away for the last six years because it was a toxic environment because it wasn't fun to go to MetLife Stadium because they didn't waste their time watching the Giants lose. Don't, don't look at them as any less than you. Welcome them back, back in the New York groove. Come on. like Everybody get in. The more the merrier. You want more fans. You want more fans to go to Lincoln Financial and take over their field. You want more bodies. And something I said in my open is this is New York, the greater New York City area. There's a ton of people, a ton of fans. Philadelphia's a small city where South Jersey pretends like they're Philly and the suburbs of PA Pretend like they live in the city as well and they root for the Eagles until you go out west and they're Steelers fans and Penn State fans. But, yeah, man, don't turn anybody away. Uh, People are trying to learn. People are trying to get back into it. And you don't know what people have going on in their life. Like, there were times where, you know, life wasn't as easy for me and I had to grind and I had to work. I didn't have time to watch games. I didn't have time to go over stats. I didn't have as much time to know every player and every matchup. Why? Because life got in the way. You, this is leisure. This is what we do for entertainment. You don't, you don't get paid for knowing everything about the Giants. Some, some people do, yes, but I can never look down on a casual fan, as some people like to call people that don't know every single thing about the team. You don't know. This person might have a job where they got to work on Sundays, so they missed the game, right? Or this person might be in a period of time in their life where, you know, that type of stuff is secondary. But now when the Giants are winning and there's a buzz and there's only eight teams left standing – and they're one of four teams left in the NFC. You're bringing more fans. Like you're, everyone's, you know, all in on it, and that's good. That's positive. That's what you want for your fan base. Jack is on Long Island. Go for it, Jack. You're on the fan. Hey, what's up, Keith? Love the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling.
3: Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, you you mentioned before about the offensive line and, and uh, Andrew Thomas. You know, you were going through it, but I thought this past week, you know. Obviously, Daniel Jones played great, and Saquon Barkley had a bunch of big runs, but a lot of it came from the offensive line. Daniel Jones sat in the pocket for, a, for he had times. So a lot of plays where Darius Slayton was getting open down the field or Isaiah Hodgins was getting open down the field. The offensive line was holding up, and Vikings' defensive edges are not bad. They were pretty good.
4: Yeah, the Vikings have some decent guys up front. Um, they're not the, the Eagles, but they, they have a few guys I can get after it. Um, what's the guy's name I'm thinking of right now that came from the uh, Packers? Uh, I forget his name. But obviously they have, um, they have Hunter, uh, Tollinson. Oh, Zedarius Smith is, is who I'm thinking of. You know, they have guys too. It's the NFL. Every team has guys. And, yes, props to the Giants' offensive line because Daniel Jones did have some plays where he was just standing there. And if you let him stand there, he's Danny Dimes. Like that throw that he made to Hodges in the end zone – um, Dan Orlovsky broke it down. He was able to just look at the defense, stand there, and and throw a dot. Like, that ball would have hit Isaiah Hodgins in his face if he didn't put his hands up.
3: Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you're right. You know, like, Philly's defensive line is unbelievable, and they're scary. But, hope, you know, Andrew Thomas has been playing well. Obviously, like you said before, you know, we're going to try to move the game a little bit away from Evan Neal, trying to take a little, little less pressure off him. You know, so, hey, listen, you know, maybe maybe the offensive line can step up a bit this game. I think they did a great
4: job. They game. have to. Everyone has to step up. Everyone has to rise. And like I said, I went back to some of these games. Like, you know, Andy Dalton was able to throw for 200 yards, and the Saints were able to beat the Eagles. I know it was Gardner Minshew, but at the same time, it's the NFL. Like, you know, this is supposed to be a juggernaut team that won 13 games. Uh, they struggled with the Chicago Bears. You know, they had to score and, and, and put up eight in the fourth quarter to beat the Chicago Bears. And in that game, it was Justin Fields running all over them. In that game, Justin Fields was able to throw two touchdowns and, and have 152 yards. Like, you know, it's out there for the Giants. It's it's not like the uh, Eagles are that much better than them, where, you know, I, I do see people online talking as if, oh, the Eagles are just going to smack the Giants. I, I I can't buy into it. I just don't see it.
3: Yeah, 100%. And also, it's more than just the coaching staff of Dable and Martindale and. And Kafka, it's more of like this wide receivers coach, like this offensive line coach, this, this defensive edge coach. Just, these guys are, are making something out of what we thought was nothing.
4: Yeah, great coaching staff, great hires, a great group of guys, and, and coaching matters. And I know people try to say, oh, it's the NFL, they're pros, these guys are this. And, no, coaching matters. There's there's different you know teams and collections of guys from all over the country and different schools and different levels. The successful teams are the coaches that can game plan and prepare and get the most out of their guys and in the moment. Like, let's not forget that. Like, guys got to manage the clock and call timeouts and know what to do in situations. And when you look at Brian Dable in that game, he's locked in that game. He knows exactly what's going on and what he wants to do.
3: Yeah, and also, like, they're getting guys, let's say, for example, I'll say Richie James, right? This guy, on the final week of the preseason, he he was trying to, fight himself for for a for the spot on the team, and then he comes down. I don't know if you remember against Seattle, he 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 of fumbled course. two two punts. Yeah, and people were saying, "Hey, get him off the caught team." Caught him, him, caught
4: him. yep. No, now, they needed him. They didn't have any room to cut him. They traded Kadarius Tony, and yeah, he's a you know kid out of Middle Tennessee State, a smaller school, but he's been solid for them. They went to him on fourth and one.
3: Yeah, he's he's he has like top percentage in, in in making the catch and not dropping passes.
4: All of their receivers, right? I mean, Darius Slayton dropped one, but there was some type of stat out there that they have like I think like an 87 or 88% catch rate. Isaiah Hodgins doesn't drop anything. He's all hands team. This guy, he's so impressive to me. His his hands, uh his toe-tap skills, his route running like uh and he's hurt. He's doing all of this hurt right now.
3: Yeah, and even more than that, he's, he's run blocking. Like, you saw he, he took a defensive edge and just took him and Barkley ran him for the touchdown. He, he was taking defensive edge with him. Yeah. He's leading him.
4: Yeah, and that's, I mean, we're going we're gonna to see. It's going to be a hell of a game. I'm not saying that the Giants are going to win it, but I'm saying that the Eagles aren't going to run away with it. Thanks for the call, Jack. Just moving the line along. I've got, I don't know, 30 minutes left. Probably not even with the breaks. And, uh, you know, we probably have to take two more breaks. Let's see. Um, just st- sticking with the Giants conversation, but we do have some calls coming up that aren't Giants, so I just want to, you know, keep us on the same thread. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Long Hill Township next up on the fan. What's up, Jerry?
6: Yeah, hey Keith. Um, two things. Um, watching that game uh, against Minnesota, I thought I, I thought the most potent weapon the Giants had was Dexter going up the middle, although they had no sacks. The quarterback was being bumped into by his own players mm-hmm. because of tremendous pressure up the front.
0: He's and a monster. He's up
6: against he's up against Kelsey, and he's got 40, 45, or fifty pounds on Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey has tremendous technique. I think that um, I think Dexter just bull rushes the whole time and, and pushes Kelsey backwards and not let him get on any stu- uh, any. Uh, you they're know, gonna, yeah, they're gonna have
4: out. to double team him. There's no way that Kelsey can handle Dexter Lawrence on his own. Dexter, Dexter Lawrence yeah. takes two guys out on his own.
6: Yeah, so, so I think, I think, I think you watch the middle of that line. If that starts collapsing like Minnesota's lines collapse, the Giants, uh, the Giants will win. The second point I want to make is I listened to Aaron Rodgers talking about, you know, he could be MVP, he can be, <laughs> you know, a, a extreme uh, quarterback if he's got the right tools. Yeah. Daniel Daniel Jones doesn't have those guys. If Daniel John if we can draft somebody that can can make the catches that he shouldn't be making, that you know that Daniel Jones throws it off or whatever. It's not a great ball. If he, we can get a guy um then he he's he could be elite, but he's not going to do it with with the with the guys he has now.
4: Yeah, he's he's, he's gonna he, be good. He's getting them the ball, but these guys aren't game breakers. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Daniel Jones needs some game breakers guys that he can give the ball to and they do the rest, guys that he can throw a five-yard slant to and they take it to the house, guys that are beating press coverage, man coverage, and they're wide open down the field and he could just throw a fade route and they take it to the house. I don't know if those guys exist on this team right now, and I don't want to keep knocking uh, Hodgins and Slayton and Richie James because they've played well, right? They've done the job. They're not household names, but they're they're NFL players. They're pros, and they they've they've been good for the Giants. But Giants fans have to dream of having a number one receiver, an actual number one receiver, or maybe a, a, a receiving core with three receivers like Joe Burrow has, or like, I don't know, Justin Herbert has with, you know, multiple guys that are like, okay, you you throw them the ball, they're, they're getting yards after catch, they're getting first downs, they're getting touchdowns. Uh, what was the other thing I wanted to add before we break? Oh, I'm a Cowboys fan. I've told you that a bunch of times, just so you know that you're not listening to a Giants fan being a homer, um, I, I don't. I didn't grow up rooting for the Giants. Um, I don't have a, a, a reason to come on here and talk about the Giants in any positive way. Besides, this is New York. These are Giants fans. And this is how I feel. But Dak Prescott threw for three touchdowns and 347 yards on this Eagles defense. So as I'm hearing all of this stuff about these you know monsters on their defense and the sacks that they have when they play in zone defense, Zach Dak Prescott lit them up. And I'm telling you, Kafka and Dable and Jones probably watched that film and they're like, yeah, okay. We know what we can do against these guys. Keep McPherson on the fan, I don't have that much time left. Call me up if you'd like to add anything else to my show. We've got to take another break. I'll be right back.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
4: Uptown, baby. Uptown. All right. This is the last stretch of my show for tonight. Shout out to you if you listened all day From Boomer and Geo to Tiki and Tierney, Cardin Roberts, and then myself from 630 to 950 here. Coming up next is Brooklyn Nets Radio. If you're a Nets fan, you'll be tuned in. The Nets need a win. And uh, looking at these hockey games, the Rangers game, not going so well, but they did just score Maybe they can come back and get a win. It's 3-1 Bruins. The Islanders are up 2-1, going a little bit better there. It is, uh, let's see, I think they're both in the third period. It is late in the third period for the Rangers, like three minutes left, and about 20 for the Islanders, and the Devils are coming up at 10. So plenty of puck to watch and uh, some NBA as well. I haven't really been watching or looking. I haven't been watching any NBA. Honestly, I'm watching... um, the, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Oilers. But uh, you got the Warriors versus Celtics right now, and the Warriors are showing up. You know, obviously, that was the finals last year, that matchup. Uh, I'll probably go home and get that on league pass at some point tonight. And then the Raptors are up. The score there, I should give you the score. Uh, the score there is 95 88 Warriors over Celtics in Boston. That's on TNT. And then right after that, the Nets will be on TNT. Nationally televised game. And in Minnesota, A-Rod's team, the Timberwolves, are losing 87-80 to the Toronto Raptors. And uh, one game already went final. The Bulls beat the Pistons 126-108 in Detroit. And, yeah, coming up also at 10 o'clock, the 76ers take on the Trailblazers. So a little bit of hoops, a little bit of puck. But obviously we're talking football. We're talking Giants on the fan as we get ready for the divisional round. It's coming up. And we'll have a football Friday on the fan. It'll probably get started tonight with Salicata after the Nets game. And then all of us will be talking about all the playoff games and getting excited and taking you into the weekend. I've got probably 15, 20 minutes here to talk to whoever else I can get on. If you're on hold, I can't make any promises. I'm just going to go in order and try and get to you. And some of these... um, some of these aren't Giants calls, but you know, people call. I want to get them on. So let's go to Dave in Brooklyn. First up on the fan, go for it, Dave. Hey,
5: kicking on. Um, I want to compare Aldis Chapman to Trevor Bauer. Um, I know it's apples and oranges; no two cases are alike, and I'm not making any judgments because obviously I don't know what happened in either of their cases. But do you believe that a, a team may give Bauer? A second chance based on the fact that the Royals signed Chapman uh,
4: today, not based on the fact that Chapman got signed. I think the two are uh, they're, they're not connected. They're independent. And I know Chapman had his issue where he uh, had a firearm and he let off some shots and supposedly like you know put hands on uh, his his wife or significant other. And uh, you know the Yankees, he, you know he pitched plenty for them after that. And then the Yankees let him go. His contract was up. But he had the largest contract for a reliever in Major League Baseball. He ends up signing for the league minimum with the Royals. And they're not even thinking about his past. Because I think that incident now was something like six, seven years ago. Now, Trevor Bauer's incident is fresh. It's fresh in our minds. It's not great. It brings shame upon uh, himself, his family, the league, and whatever team decides to extend him a contract. But I do think someone is going to extend him a contract. He served his penalty. He served his punishment, and I think, you know, in Major League Baseball, somebody is going to say, you know, to hell with the media, to hell with uh, social media and fans and, you know, outcries. Like, we we want to sign this guy, and, you know, they can sign him for the low. So, I, I don't know. He's he's working and trying to get back into the league. I think someone will take a chance on him. Thanks for the call, Dave, but, you know, I, I don't think Chapman and Bauer have anything to do with each other. Um, the reason Chapman didn't... Go to a top team, or the reason Chapman is signed on January nineteenth isn't because of um, you know the domestic violence or the gun charge or whatever it was with with Chapman. The reason he wasn't signed is because he's not good. He's not the same pitcher he once once was. He's at the end of his career. Trevor Bauer uh, won a Cy Young in twenty twenty. Trevor Bauer is not at the end of his career. He's thirty two. I'd still think he could probably be a pretty decent starting pitcher in this league. Aroldis Chapman is supposed to be a closer. He's 34. I think he's cooked. I think he's got one, maybe two more seasons left in Major League Baseball as a supposed left-handed flamethrower. I heard at his workout he was hitting 100 on the gun, but this is a guy that was throwing 105 in uh, Major League Baseball. Trevor Bauer, I think, is a PR nightmare for anyone that takes a chance on him but that doesn't mean that one of 30 teams won't take a chance on him. Somebody's going to need pitching and someone's going to need cheap pitching and he's not going to cost a lot. So uh, we'll see. We'll see with that, but I don't know. Can't call it. Let's move on. Marty is down in Florida on the fan. What's up, Marty?
2: Hey, Keith. How are you, man?
4: All right. Had a good time tonight. Looking forward to football Friday tomorrow and coming right back and doing the same thing in a similar time slot.
2: All right. Uh, I just wanted to, Obviously, uh, we've spoken before. <clears throat> I'm a big uh, Aaron Rodgers fan. To come to the Jets, and uh, there's limited openings for those kind of type of guys. And the uh, Baltimore Ravens came out today and said they're going to lock up Lamar for two years, so he's gone. And uh, I, I just want to know, like, if if Joe, uh, you know, Joe D is listening, are you talking to Aaron? Are you asking him who he wants as the OC? because I see them shopping for OCs, and they're all inexperienced, or they're just O C It's just, it's, just it's, it's the same old nightmare.
4: Yeah, so can, I would assume that he's not me? talking to Aaron Rodgers yet. I would assume that they haven't spoken yet.
2: He's thinking, no. He's thinking. It's like, a, you, you just read stuff. And Na- Nathaniel like, Hackett is what?
4: the tie to Aaron Rodgers, right, because they were in Green Bay together, and supposedly Nathaniel Hackett is interviewing or, you know, talking to the Jets, and uh, we saw last year that the Broncos brought... Nathaniel Hackett in to be their head coach. And I really think that that was at least 25% driven by the thought that they could get Aaron Rodgers to come there. I think a similar thing is going on with the Jets, but uh, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be a one Jersey guy. And I don't think he wants to come to the Jets because one is the Jets and two Brett Favre did that. Thanks for the call, Marty. You know, like I think Aaron Rodgers does not want to be Brett Favre and I think he wants to stay in green Bay so that they never can actually say he's Brett Favre. Brett Favre went to the Jets, went to the Vikings, and you know kind of soured his relationship with Packers fans. And then when you think about Brett Favre this year and what he did down in Mississippi, illegally taking uh, like welfare funds from people, crook. You know, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is trying to um, retire in one jersey, and he's trying to retire with one more MVP. I think he's got four. And he's fine with his one Super Bowl ring. He's trying to get a, a fifth MVP and maybe a Super Bowl ring. He just wants to have five M- MVPs. Isn't he doesn't need five Super Bowl rings. Dave is in Long I- or on Long Island. How you doing, Dave? You're on the fan.
2: Hey Keith, what's happening? How you doing? Good, good, good. I Have to admit, man, I wasn't a huge fan of you, a fan of you when you started out. But you yeah, know, there's... you're really growing on me. You're you're really very talented.
4: Thanks. There's people listening right now that still aren't fans, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're going to probably stop listening before I stop coming through.
2: <laughs> you're, you're damn good, though, I have to say, man. And I'm a tough critic, but you're really good. Appreciate but it. I want, yeah, yeah, man. So, like, there was a previous caller, like, we're going back a little bit time ago. He, this guy was trying to compare, okay, Danny Jones to Aaron Rodgers if he had the same talent. Like, that was, first of all, that's absolutely absurd. Like
4: even like, like yeah, I the, caught the, I, I caught the, that, but like you know, I also don't want to like you know what people think they think, but like if we actually look at it, Aaron Rodgers did not have the receivers that he needed this year, and neither did Daniel Jones. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean the
2: fandoms just gone insane for uh, all, all you know. Complete transparency. I'm a Cowboys fan like you, but I'll root for the Giants. Like if Dallas is out of it. And, you know, but the, uh, the Giants fandom is like, you know, hey, listen, I hope they win. I actually do hope they win because I hate the Eagles. But, you know, it's not likely. But let's go to the Cowboys. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a really tough. If they play the same game, the, the Cowboys, which team shows up kind of thing. But, you know, if they play the same game they played, obviously, last week, then they have, a, they have a shot. Not a win, a shot. But if they show up like they did against the Commanders, no shot. What are your thoughts on this game?
4: Yeah, it sucks because they're usually week to week, right? They, they play well, they let you down, and you're hoping that that trend doesn't continue. There's also something out there about them playing on grass. They were able to win on grass last week against Tom Brady. Now they got to go and face the Niners, and the Niners are stacked. They're loaded, but they do have a rookie Mr. Irrelevant quarterback who has become very relevant they got to heat him up. Micah Parsons has to introduce himself, has to rattle that young man and make him feel like for the first time, right, he's 6-0. Make him feel like, hey, we might lose this game. Like this might be uh, a battle. This might be tough for us to come out with the win. And Dak Prescott, it's on him, right? Dak Prescott can't get back to throwing interceptions. He had arguably his best game of the year, four touchdowns and a rushing oh, touchdown. He, he can't turn the ball over in this game. And that Niners defense with Joey Bosa and Fred Warner – and, uh, like, they, they have guys with awards, um, uh, Talano Hufanga. Like, they, they have guys that can can rattle an offense and potentially confuse an offense and pick the ball. But I think the Cowboys have a shot. I think they're rolling. Uh, I think they all, they'll wear their white jerseys, which, like, I'm superstitious about. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Cowboys you've seen them lose good. a bunch yeah, in the blue jerseys. I think they'll wear their white jerseys out there, that? and the Niners will wear red. And yeah. uh, they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, too. Like, you know, they played the Niners last year, and the clock kind of ran out on them, and they, you know, one and done, losing a home playoff game to a wild card team. You know, now the roles are a little reversed, and they're looking at Brock Purdy like, hey, this this rookie's not beating us. We've got the defense this year. Um, Tony Pollard's got to be a huge factor, but look out for C.D. Lamb. Look for them to target C.D. Lamb more. He only had, I think, four catches. I think he's going to have a bigger imprint in this game.
2: Yeah, but you know you know, the defense of the 49ers, they're going to totally key on, on C.D., I mean, 100%. You know, but they have to play their game. and uh, It's on know. Dak.
4: Dak's got to pick them apart. We've seen, Dak, we've seen Dak. Dak pick d- defenses apart and get them into the right plays, get the Cowboys into the right plays. It's on Dak to read this defense and put the ball in the hands of his playmakers. It could be Michael Gallup. It could be Dalton Schultz. He had two touchdowns last week. Uh, some creative plays from Kellen Moore to get Tony Pollard the ball. I wish they would go to Zeke less. But I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for the call, Dave. Uh, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan ever. I know Dave definitely doesn't root for the Packers, right? Like even in division, right? We're division rivals. Cowboys are uh, are the division rivals of the Giants, and Cowboys fans probably hate the Packers more than the Giants because the Packers have eliminated the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers, in 2014, 2016. Dez didn't catch it, and then uh, Jared Cook was open for that, you know, Mason Crosby field goal. All right, I gotta take this last break of the night. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for listening to me talk about football and a little baseball and a little basketball and some hockey. I love sports. I love talking on WFAN and taking calls and connecting with you guys. I appreciate the time. I don't have much time left. I'm going to try and take these last three calls, but I doubt I actually successfully do that. Joe is in Connecticut on the fan. Go for it, Joe
2: hey keith how you doing it's joe from connecticut what's up man hey a small part feels like cowboys and giants fans right now are kind of in the same boat we're just relishing in the weekend
4: yeah we want to meet each other next week
2: we're excited we're excited yeah no kidding my call is about um i listen to fan a lot unfortunately i don't get a lot of your shows so maybe maybe this doesn't pertain to you but um and listening all day I don't feel like Dexter Lawrence gets enough credit for what he does for this Giants team. Bro, hear a lot about- you're
4: right. You're you're right. He was All Pro this year, I believe. Maybe he was second team. But like I, the other night when I was on it, and that's the thing, I was on late. I played his NFL films. NFL films had him miked up in that Vikings game, and he was hilarious. Like he was bullying their offensive line. He was like, hey, 56, he's like, you give me more hugs than my girlfriend, like basically saying these guys are holding me. And he's a monster. And he said to one of the guys, he's like, you signed up for this. It's the NFL. He's like, he's like I know it's tough. Like, He's like, I know it's hard to block me, but you signed up for this. He is, yeah, he right. is a freak of nature. He's big, he's strong, and, like, nobody can block him.
2: So I think, I think what he does is he makes Thibodeau better, and I really think he's going to present problems for Hurts.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they have to. They have to pick their poison, right? You got to double him. So if you put two offensive linemen out of five on the on the three tech on the nose, uh, like these guys on the edge, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojalari, like they got to get off. Thanks for the call, Joe. Sorry I got to cut you off, but I'm just trying to get these last calls in. Justin is in Piscataway. Go for it, Justin. You're on the fan.
6: What's up, Keith? How you doing? Hope you're having a good night.
4: I am. Uh, Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Yeah,
6: good. Good. I'm excited about my Giants this week. Hopefully we can pull it out. But I called back in November. um, I just want to touch on the Jets just for a second. And particularly, I want to touch on Sauce Gardner. I've been a big fan of his ever since he came out of high school, been following his journey to college. I don't think he's allowed a single touchdown in his entire professional and collegiate career, Mm -hmm. and I want to get your opinion on him and whether you think he's going to be a top-five corner in this game for years to
4: come. I love that kid. I love that kid. He's a straight-edge kid. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. There's a video of him online where he calls his shot, and he's he's a a smaller guy at the time. I want to say he's like a teenager at the time, and he says, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to go pro, and he did it. And uh, watching him this year, he's long. Pause. He's like you know, he's tall. He's he, he he can match up against these smaller receivers like Tyreek Hill, but then he can also yeah. take on the bigger receivers. I think That's he's crazy. gonna be.
6: He can guard the best guys in the game. I'm watching. He can him. run. I mean, he can jump. Cover skills are
4: nuts. Yeah, the, the Jets got one with that kid. So they better do what oh, they got to yeah. do to put talent around him. Thanks for the call, Justin. Last call of the night goes to Johnny in Brooklyn. You got it, John.
6: How you doing, Keith? Uh, First-time caller here.
4: Appreciate you. Welcome.
6: I'm a big-time Yankee fan. I know the talk is mostly about football, but um, I just had a quick question about left field. Do you think Aaron Hicks can have a bounce back? Hell no.
4: Hell no. He shouldn't even be given the opportunity to bounce back. I was at Derek Jeter night. I'm scarred from that. He did not play that fair ball. He thought it was foul. I'm scarred from that. I listened to the fans chant, Joey Gallo, we want Gallo. I was sick. No way. So, no way. He's not so going to be the starting think... left fielder. No, sir. So, I don't even so think, think he think should he be the fourth outfielder. That? Fourth
6: outfielder? So you think they'll start with Cabrera?
4: Nope. I think we just don't know who is going to be yet. And I, I had a show. I've, I've had a few shows talking about how Cashman has dipped into the bargain bin with, like, Billy McKinney, uh, Rafael Ortega, uh, Willie Calhoun. The names are leaving me. But he's already signed some guys that are going to compete in camp. And if it's Oswaldo versus Hicks, I think Oswaldo beats him out. They're both switch hitters, and you're just going to go with the young guy and the flair. Um, Hicks is cooked. He, he, he had his time. He tapered off. He had injuries. Um, he talked a big game last year saying, oh, you know, the Yankees need to have some FU. We need to have a chip on our shoulder. And he had maybe one good month for the Yankees at the plate, and he had a, a terrible performance. Like I said, Jeter night I'm scarred by. You can't have him in the lineup. And how many times did he come up with two outs, and two guys on and make the last out. I can't see it again. If the Yankees think they're going to challenge the Astros and get back to a World Series, they cannot be relying on Aaron Hicks to be the everyday left fielder. I agree. Can
6: I ask you one more question real quick?
4: You can. The back music just played, but go for it. if,
6: if, If the Yankees' starting rotation is healthy, do you think they're top five in baseball?
4: Yeah, I think they're top three. I think they're the best in the American League. The only other rotation that potentially is better than them on paper right now is the New York Metropolitans. That's all I've got. Appreciate it. Like, appreciate you guys a ton. At Keith McPherson online, wherever you follow people, if you even do that. But if you're not on social media uh, and you you write letters, we, we take letters here at The Fan, and I appreciate the fan mail. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I've got some haters in my mailbox. That was interesting, but it's all about the love. I appreciate the love and the hate because haters are just fans that haven't figured out that they... Can show love brooklyn nets radio's next i'll be back tomorrow
0: sports radio 1019 yeah. tune in is the audio platform with something for
1: everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports
0: clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bit